This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. In the city of Prague, It was the end of the sales day, and all of the merchants were packing up their stalls, ready to go home. All but one, the perfume merchant, who was so miserable, since nobody was buying any perfume from him. An entire day might pass, and hardly anybody came into the perfume store. Meanwhile, his neighbor, the oil merchant, was so successful that he had to hire another worker to help him with all the sales. And as the perfume merchant is pouring the perfume Back into the large casks, counting the little bit of money that he made for the day, he thinks, boy, that oil merchant, he has all the luck. Why does everybody come to him and nobody comes to me? So he decided that he had to figure out what was the oil merchant doing that he wasn't. And since they shared a wall, he decided he would come back at night and drill a little hole in the wall that separates the two shops. And then he would be able to spy on his neighbor and see what's going on, and why he's making so much money. So he came back that night. Nobody was in the marketplace. He went into his stall, and using a little hand drill, he made a tiny little hole in the wooden wall that separated the two stores. He didn't really know what he was going to do with the hole in the wall, but he figured, at least I can see what's going on over there. But then the next day, he figured it out. As the sun was setting, and everybody was closing up their shops, The perfume merchant looked into the hole in the wall, and he saw his neighbor, the oil merchant, counting up all the coins that he had made for the day. The coins were shining, and they were in all kinds of denominations. Ones, fives, tens, even twenties. He took all the coins and put them into a red handkerchief. Put the handkerchief into his pocket. He blew out the lamp. Closed the door and walked out into the street where all the merchants were leaving for the day. Just then, the perfume merchant runs out of his store, and he starts screaming, Police! Police! Help! This man over here stole all my money. It's wrapped in a red handkerchief. And the police come running. They stop the oil merchant. They say, Show us what's in your pockets. And he said, The handkerchief, it's mine. They said, Yeah, yeah. Show us what's in your pockets. So he slowly takes out the handkerchief with the coins, and right away the police handcuffed him, took him away, threw him in jail, and took the coins as evidence. Now the perfume merchant was very happy, not only that he was able to ruin the life of the oil merchant, but the oil merchant was also a Jew, and that made it even sweeter for him, because he didn't like Jews very much. And so here's our Jewish oil merchant sitting in prison. He claimed he was innocent, but no one believed him. And a few days later, the trial was coming up. It was the talk of the town. Everybody was trying to figure out who was really the thief. Did the money belong to the oil merchant or did it belong to the perfume merchant? And what's really going on here? People were arguing in the streets. Families were arguing with one another. Some people were for the merchant, some were against. There were even people placing bets on the outcome of the trial. 
Nobody could figure out who was telling the truth. It was impossible to know. And just a few days later, the king of Prague was going to be the high court judge. The king would be sitting, listening to arguments from the perfume merchant and from the oil merchant and from other merchants who knew the two of them. But no matter how many times the king went over the matter in his mind, he still couldn't figure out who was really guilty and who was innocent. And the pressure was building because the king ultimately had to make the decision, and he really didn't know what to do. So a day before the trial, he went for a walk in the streets. Of course, he wasn't dressed as the king, and most people didn't recognize him anyhow. He's walking around, just thinking, maybe a message will come to him, something, somewhere. And he sees some Jewish boys playing in the street. Of course, what are the kids playing? They're playing the judge and the merchants. One boy was the judge. There was the perfume merchant was another boy, and the oil merchant was another boy. And the judge says to him, each of you state your claims. So the oil merchant says, I'm innocent. The money is mine. I never stole any money from anyone. And the perfume merchant said, we all know that Jews are thieves. Everybody knows that they steal from everyone, and he stole from me. I'm a very successful perfume merchant. He took all my money and put it in his red handkerchief. The arguments are going back and forth, and... Nobody can seem to figure out who's telling the truth. And of course, the king is watching the whole trial from a distance on the street. The boy who's playing the judge, he says, Okay, have the court clerk bring in a bowl of boiling water. So the boys go and they get some boiling water. They bring it, they put it in a bucket, and they say to their friend, the judge, Well, what are you going to do with this? He said, Relax, relax, okay? I'm the judge here. I know how this works. So the kids are waiting to see how is their friend Yehuda going to judge the trial. And Yehuda, he says, now take the coins and put them one by one in the boiling water. If oil rises to the top, then it's clear that the coins belong to the oil merchant. And if the water smells like perfume, then we'll know that the perfume merchant is telling us the truth. And the boys were very happy and they applauded and they said, ah, that was great, Yehuda, that was very clever. And then they went and played some ball and they went back home. The king, however, was standing there on the street and he was blown away. Because this boy, who was playing judge with his friends, he solved the case. And now the king was going to be able to show how intelligent and brilliant he was the next day in court. So the next day in court, the courtroom was packed with all kinds of people waiting to see what's going to happen. What's the truth? We have such a clever king. Can he figure out how to find the truth? And both sides presented their case, the oil merchant and the perfume merchant. And the king then stands up and he says, I want a bowl of boiling hot water. And everybody was quiet and they said, what? The king wants hot water? What for? What's going on here? There's this murmur and everybody's talking with one another. And the boiling water is brought out. And then the king said, bring me the red handkerchief with the coins. And he takes them and drops them one by one into the boiling water. And then he called everyone in the court to come and see the result. And what did they see? Hundreds of tiny little beads of oil floating on the surface of the water and no smell of perfume whatsoever. Everyone in the courtroom started applauding. Immediately, the perfume merchant was handcuffed and taken to prison. And the oil merchant was released with the king's apology for arresting him by mistake. And life went on in Prague without anybody thinking about the case again. But that little boy, Yehuda, his name was Yehuda Lo, 
and he grew up to become one of the greatest rabbis we've ever known. Today we know him as the Maharal from Prague. Quoted in the Tanya, quoting the Talmud, that a person who serves Hashem goes over their learning 101 times, while one who doesn't serve Hashem only reviews their learning 100 times. And that's why it was the custom in the times of the Talmud to review each lesson 101 times. The Talmud explains this with an analogy of the donkey drivers in the market at the time. They would charge one zoos for going 10 Persian miles, but two zoos for going 11 miles, since that was beyond the regular custom of the time. And so we learned that the 101st is beyond the normal practice, and it's equivalent to all the previous 100 times combined. It even goes beyond the 100 times by giving extra strength. And that's why it says that a person who reviews their learning 101 times is one who truly serves Hashem. So together, my friends, we've reached story 101. And we're not only going to review the Hasidic stories again and again and again, we're going to keep going higher and higher.